Hello, this is Michael Bosey. Welcome to Marketing Without the Marketing. Very, very glad to have you here with me today. Now, I've been thinking a lot about the process of starting a business and what people go through in that process. And as you might know, if you're a regular listener, I left my corporate publishing job back in 2009, did a couple very early stage startups for about five years, then started my own business. And as any small business owner knows, it's, you know, it's a mix of exhilarating highs and sometimes crushing lows, right? It's, it's all about the nuances though, and the mundane details too. It's a, you know, it's a whole mixed bag. Now, I'm doing an upcoming series on my experience starting my own business, but I thought I'd kick it off with a preview of sorts with someone else's experience. And that's why I'm very lucky to have with me today, Kelly Roach. Now, Kelly is the founder of Kelly Roach Coaching, focused on helping achieve rapid growth for business owners, entrepreneurs, executive leaders. And if you are just starting your business, or if you have the business up and running, but you just can't seem to get it cranking the way that you envision when you started it, and Kelly's story might help give you a roadmap. Kelly's a, a former Fortune 500 executive who has an amazing story of career acceleration, both in her corporate career to now running her own business. And acceleration, look, this is a, a concept that's been interesting to me because it's something that most entrepreneurs seek right, but often find it to be out of reach. And that's why I wanted Kelly to share her story with you today so you can learn to apply it. Now, Kelly does private and group coaching, plus workshops and other speaking appearances. And what I like about her is that she focuses on systematized processes for everything from sales training, new client acquisition, pricing strategy, to career strategies, and even leadership training. So I'm very pleased to welcome Kelly to the show. Kelly, welcome. Well, that was quite an intro. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here today. Great. Well, let's jump right in then. Uh, the thing I want to key in on first was that it seemed like you were having really great amounts of success in the corporate world. Uh, you, and you could have ridden that success for years to come. So why did you decide to strike out on your own and start a consulting business? Yeah, absolutely. Well, just to dial the clock back for those that are just getting to know me for the first time, when I graduated from college, I joined a Fortune 500, and I was able to get promoted seven times in eight years. And what that meant was I became the youngest senior vice president in the company. I was running 17 locations, hundreds of millions of dollars in assets. I had a team of 100 people, and I was traveling and teaching around the country, meeting with other CEOs. Um, I was in the big boardrooms. I Really, all of my peers were my parents parents age. And it was my big dream to achieve this. And so I, I ran up that corporate ladder as fast and furious as I possibly could. I was the first one in and the last one out every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I did everything I possibly could to grow my income as fast as I could and, and to, you know, achieve what I thought at the time would be success in my life. And when I got to that position, finally, I really began to evaluate my life. And when I looked around, I said, okay, I'm, I'm making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, but I have no time to spend it. Um, my passion is in fitness and exercise. I was an NFL cheerleader. I was a competitive dancer. I was an all American all-star. And, you know, I 
by no way, shape or form had any time to enjoy that. I was missing my friends. I was missing important family occasions. I was always traveling. I was burnt out. I was exhausted. And I really sat down and I said, you know what? I need to evaluate what I want my life to look like and what I want my day-to-day experience to be of living this one life that I have, this one life. And I, I kind of played that, that, story forward and I realized, hey, you know, if I keep going on this path, every time I want to do better or do more or make a bigger impact, I'm going to be working longer and harder hours and essentially, you know, never have the time to enjoy the life that comes along with it. And so it was at that point that I really realized that the only way that I was going to be able to construct the life that I wanted with the income to match it was if I was willing to take the risk of going out and constructing that and Mm -hmm. building that on my own, that I couldn't expect someone to deliver on a silver platter for me, this perfect job that met all the criteria for my custom masterpiece that I wanted for my life. And so I knew at that point that the only option was entrepreneurship. Uh, It's a great story. And I I feel like a lot of people try to do this, Kelly, but you know, here's the the thing you mentioned this on a a recent podcast uh, uh, on your show, Unstoppable Success Radio, that 90% of small businesses fail So the success rate is not very high. And certainly in mentoring startups and the stuff that I do, I see that all the time too. So how do you prepare yourself for that, right? To to sort of go into it, minimizing the risk, but without giving up on that, you know, and all that potential upside. Sure. Well, here's the thing, you know, I see many people enter entrepreneurship wholly unprepared, wholly uneducated, and very much assuming that they can skip over the entirely necessary process of learning how to build and grow a business. You know, having a passion in no way, shape, or form means that you're going to build a sustainable business. And for me, I knew that I didn't know what I didn't know. And so the first thing that I did a year before I started my business was I signed up for a year-long business coaching program. I made a huge investment in myself. I started working with a coach. I got myself in a program. And I spent an entire year learning what it meant to own your own business, what it meant, how to do online marketing, how to really understand bringing together the infrastructure of a company, how to understand all of the pieces of the puzzle that I was going to be responsible for beyond just the doing of the thing. And so to me, that was the most important decision that I made on my journey was to recognize and realize that this is not something that you can go at alone. And that was even knowing that my entire background was in sales and marketing and leadership and productivity and building business. But I did that for someone else. I didn't have to go through the um, oversight of building the infrastructure of an organization, which is very different than just growing it. Right. So, you know, I, I think understanding that, you know, passion is not enough. And understanding that education is essential and that if you're not willing to risk your time and risk your money in your process of following your dream, it's probably never going to happen. You know, I I, I knew that. I knew that from, from the start. And I think that's why so many businesses fail today. Yeah. How did you... How did you come to know that, Kelly? Was that something that was just instinctual or had you seen other folks do it or... How did you get to that point? Because a lot of folks I know don't want to invest in that type of help and they may try to learn this on their own or whatever. How, how did you know that? 
Well, to me, I always lean on common sense in everything that I do in life. My first go-to is always common sense. So to me, it went something like this. I've never started a business before. <laughs> I should probably go so find someone who runs a multi-million dollar business that can teach me what they did and what I need to do in order so that I can do what they can do. And and so it was really like breaking it down to the most basic, essential, common sense step that I felt was the obvious first step. Um, and, and it was obvious to me, and, and I understand it's not obvious to everyone, but you know, I'm a big fan of why struggle through something that doesn't need to be a struggle? Right, right, right. There's enough ups and downs with building a business, even when you are getting guidance, going through the work of building the business. But you don't have to struggle through a guess and test method when there's dozens of people out there that have taken their whole system and laid it out in a way that is easy to follow for you to go and skip over years and, and thousands of dollars of mistakes. Right. I mean, every business is different, but there are roadmaps to be sure. And I really like that perspective. Uh, so let's get to the point of acceleration, which is really what I want to talk about here. But acceleration and systemization, I can't help but think that these two things are related, right? So let's start with acceleration, right? Since that is ultimately the dream when many businesses start out, they think I'm going to go big, I'm going to have rapid growth. But how do you activate this? What are the things that you can do to position yourself to slam it into overdrive? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, here's the thing. There's there's things that drive growth in a business. Lead generation, effective sales and marketing, and a closing strategy to mm -hmm. consistently bring a lead from being a lead to a paying customer. And so the more that you scale up what you're doing to generate new leads each day, to move them faster and more effectively through the buying process, and then create more opportunities for them to buy, the faster your business is going to accelerate, the faster you're going to grow. So for me, it was things like, number one, building my email list and investing in advertising and really doing a good job of putting great content out each week. It was starting and growing my podcast. It was using video. And then once it, things transitioned and we have live video now using live video. So it, it's accelerating the volume of people that are seeing and interacting with your business each day. And then it's increasing the quality and the impact of the content that you're putting in front of them, which then leads to more of those buying opportunities and more of those buying decisions, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And, and, and it seems like you, you really did think of this in terms of a system. So what's your approach to actually systematizing all the things that you just mentioned, and how do you kind of use that as a foundation for business growth, right? The uh, sort of as a springboard for acceleration. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I say systems equal sanity. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think if you want to grow a robust, booming, profitable business, systems are the essential thing by which you run your business. Every single thing that we do at Kelly Roach Coaching is in a system. There is a team member that's responsible for it. There's a step-by-step -step documented process for it. There's a day and time that it happens. It happens consistently no matter what. And, and that's just the discipline of running a business and an organization versus a haphazard, you know, kind of solo show where you're being everything and doing everything and everything's kind 
kind of done halfway and 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 nothing is really following um, a set course which then means that on at the you know at the other end of that you have very unpredictable revenue you have very unpredictable right, growth right, right. and and so the unpredictable you know nature of how you run your business then comes out on the other side in the unpredictable nature of revenue growth and the same in the reverse, when you have a lot of control and discipline around how things are done, the consistency, the effectiveness, the accountability, well, then you're also going to see a consistency in the deliverables that come from that. Uh, I love that, Kelly. That is so great. And, you know, it feels like you can kind of go into these swings, right? Like I said, the exhilarating highs, the crushing lows, and getting that more leveled off so that... Uh, you know, you can come to rely on it, to rely on the revenue, to rely on the hours that you put in or whatever. That seems to be such a struggle for the folks that I work with, sometimes for my own business as well. So how do you see the, the signs that that's happening, right? Like what happens when you're not getting the results that you want, when, you know, the dream that you had when you started is not turning into a reality. What what are the steps you can do when you when you see that start to happen? What are the steps that you can take to 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 get out of that rut and get past these roadblocks? Now, before Kelly answers this question, let's talk for a moment about roadblocks because in working with writers and musicians, visual artists, creatives of all types, it turns out that there are three common roadblocks that get in the way of success. This is based on some research they did about a year ago. And the thing that I did to try to help with this, which is to build an online course called Create Biz. Now, if you want to find out what your particular roadblock is, the thing that's standing in your way so you can get on top of it and start to fix it, go to createbiz.com slash fix so that you can find your roadblock, start to fix it, and break free of whatever it is that's holding you back. I left a link in the show notes for you. All right, so let's get back to Kelly's answer. As a reminder, the question is, when you're not seeing the results that you want to see, how do you get out of that rut? Well, I think most importantly, you have to learn to remove the emotion from the situation. I think many times when things aren't going the way that we want them to, we're looking everywhere outside of the business <laughs> to figure out why. Right. <laughs> like someone's cursed me, right? The universe. <laughs> like there's, there's a lot of different things that we point to that's the reason why things aren't going the way that we want to. But what I've learned is the more that you can learn to quickly remove your emotional response and reaction, which of course that's natural, mm -hmm. you know, when, but if you can catch yourself in that, remove that emotion and get serious about analyzing and assessing what happened and then peeling the onion back to try and figure out why. And if you aren't capable of figuring out why, and you're doing everything you possibly can go get help right? Go yeah. get help. Go hire someone. I mean, I'm such a big fan of this, not only because I'm a coach, but I, I share this on my podcast all the time. One of the most important strategic things that I've done to grow my business faster is to have my team members in courses, working with coaches, in oh, masterminds. Wow. I, I spend money 
to make sure that they are getting the best education possible in the silo that they run in the business because I believe so strongly in the power of following a system and working with someone that's overcome a problem and challenge that you're currently dealing with. And so, again, it goes back to common sense. You know, mm -hmm. first of all, of course, try to assess it your, yourself. Try to understand why. Try to figure out, um, okay, we're going to test this. We're going to pivot over here. We're going to try that. You know, try as many different mechanisms as you can to get that thing working. But at the end of the day, if it's something you've never done before, you may not be able in your mind to just fabricate the solution. You may need to work with someone right. that can give you feedback and say, hey, this is why this isn't working. Try this instead. Right. You may not be able to see it. You know, sometimes you absolutely can't see it. And sometimes, you know, I always say you can't give something that you don't possess. Right. If you don't understand how to successfully execute a launch and you just had a failed launch, well, you're going to have a hard time figuring out what you did wrong and how to fix it because you don't have the knowledge and experience to pull from to, to do that. Right. Like, so you, if you've never had a life experience and you've never been successful in a certain realm, expecting your brain to be able to know something that you just simply don't know is kind of counterintuitive. Right. And I've certainly experienced this in my own business where you can just all you can do. Right. Is just iterate. Like, OK, let's try this one thing. Try to isolate a variable. OK, that didn't work. Let's try to change one other variable. OK, that didn't work. Change another variable. And it. And the result is even if you do unlock it, it takes time, right? Like you can't just do it all at once. And all that time is time where you can get frustrated, where you can be losing hours, losing money. And that can be bad. That can kind of lead to burnout and all that. So the more that you can accelerate uh, and get past that and get out of those things that are holding you back, the, I mean, obviously, the better off you are. Absolutely. So Kelly, can you give sort of a personal example? Because here's someone like you who's had a lot of success, uh, who's tried a number of different things. So certainly pivoting and doing different things and, and jumping into uh, new ventures and all that is, you're no stranger to that. But can you give an example from your experience where you were struggling and what you did to sort of, you know, pull yourself out of that? Sure. And, you know, what I'll say is that we fail every single day in my company and that I've built a culture where everyone understands the mentality that everything is a test and you're going to have to test and test and test mm -hmm. until you figure out what's going to make you successful. And so, you know, when, when a failure happens, we're not going to like, we're not going to shut things down and, and, you know, go into a panic. We're going to say, okay, what's our pivot? What needs to come next? Where do we go now? Right. Um, and, and make sure we have a smart approach to doing that. You know, failure is not something that goes away when your business grows and becomes more right, advanced. Right, when you right. have a million dollar business, you don't fail any less than you did the day that you started. And, and I will say that, you know, from my own truth, from my own business, you know, we fail more today than I did when I started. And that is because we are trying so mm -hmm. many more things. We're expanded in so many different areas. We're moving so much faster. We have so many more team members than we did. So I just want to make sure for anybody listening, if you're experiencing failure, don't try to just push yourself through that one experience um, and, and say, I just have to get through this one thing, this one time. And, you know, if I get through this, it's all going to be okay. No, you have to understand that 
Failure happens to redirect you to success. There is something intended to be learned and something intended to be pulled out of every failure, which is either going to serve as a stepping stone or a redirection to success. So instead of like hating failure and wanting to run screaming and, and hide under a rock when it happens and questioning everything you're doing and wondering if you should even be doing what you're doing, instead try to understand the purpose that it serves. Sometimes failure protects you. Sometimes failure redirects you. Sometimes failure opens things up in a new and different way that never would have been possible for you had that failure not helped you to see things from a different direction. And of course, you never feel that way in the moment. You never see it that way in the moment. But of course, as we all know, the saying hindsight is twenty twenty. You see it after the fact. So for me... I mean, we failed at almost everything that we do successfully today before we became successful at doing them. You know, I can think back to a launch of mine a couple years ago where um, I was launching a product of mine and it was something I was so incredibly passionate about. I, you know, put my heart and soul into developing this program. You know, I did all the work. I was doing all the right things. I followed the model. You know, I was dotting every I and crossing every T and the launch totally failed. I think literally one person bought. And I, you know, wasted a ton of time and a ton of money. And, you know, the mistake that I had made was I had created this program based on a huge need that I saw in the market, but that wasn't a need that my market wanted solved. Right. They didn't want to pay to get that problem solved. So I literally spent the next year getting feedback, talking to people in the market, better understanding, you know, what words I needed to use, how I needed to describe the problem and the solution, you know, reshaping the entire program, relaunched it. It was an unbelievable success. It's one of our best programs today. And, you know, it was just that I was creating something in a vacuum based on a need that I saw, but just because a need is there doesn't mean people are willing to put their money towards solving it. Oh. You know, and so I think these are the types of learnings you have every day as an entrepreneur that make you wise and help you to actually become a good entrepreneur. Oh, no doubt. I, I love that. Uh, I talk about that a lot on this show, uh, just about listening, right? Getting out there and finding the right people who could potentially become your customers and making sure that you really know what they want. And And look, you've got to interact with them, right? If you're if you hope to know them at all, you have to interact with them and be prepared to to be challenged, right? To to you know, you know your market really well in your own business, um, but that doesn't mean that your customers see it the same way you do. And exactly. so I love, yeah, I love the way that you're talking about that. And you know, that gets me to content strategy because that's a big part of it is getting out there, interacting people, using content. But one thing I wanted to key in on in particular with you is with regard to content strategy is with this concept of acceleration, how do you apply that to your content strategy? In other words, how do you accelerate when we know that organic growth is a slow process? Well, first and foremost, use paid advertising. You know, we are so lucky to live in, you know, an age where, you know, we can utilize paid advertising to put rocket fuel in, in the ship. So, you know, absolutely invest in list building, right? Run an opt-in campaign on Facebook, boost your posts when you do live video, um, be smart and, and pay to get your company seen and heard, you know, because everything is going to cost you time or it's 
going to cost you money. And you have to decide which one is more valuable to you and which one you're willing to risk in any specific situation in order to get the results that you want. But in terms of, you know, content, you know, obviously your content has to be valuable. It has to hit the mark with your market and really serve the need that they want filled. You know, you have to have a strategy and a plan so it's engineered to get them to take the next step, right, in terms of whether it's getting on your list or working with you directly or buying a course or program, whatever it's going to be. You know, and it has to be consistent. You know, that consistency and frequency, you know, is never going to go away. You know, the importance of consistency and frequency is never going to change. But certainly the the by far and away best accelerator for growth is going to be paid advertising, you know, as long as it's used in a smart, you know, effective way. And what I always say is that, of course, you know, getting people on the list is just the beginning, then all the real work begins once they're there. Right. I mean, the paid advertising that I mean, that feeds the awareness phase, right, where it's just get it out there. Someone has to be aware of you before they can even start a journey of getting to know, like, and trust you. So it's got to start there. And, you know, in, in my experience, I've had, there are some clients I work with where it's super easy to reach them on Facebook, reach their constituency there. Uh, some it's more challenging. So we go to Twitter and I've had some luck with Pinterest ads. I mean, all these things can bolster the awareness stage, but you're absolutely right. If uh, once you have that sort of, you know, virtual handshake, if you will, you've got to support it. You got to build a, a really good nurturing funnel, as it were, uh, to take people along on, on that journey. But I appreciate that about the acceleration because uh, I think a lot of people are hesitant to do that as well to to sort of put money into it. Um, and as long as you are doing it smartly, like you say, I think uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now, Kelly, there's one other thing that I want to ask because it's not something I do a lot. Um, so I, I thought my listeners would appreciate your perspective on this. I talk a lot about just online strategies, right, for online businesses. But from what I've heard in your show, your belief is to use a mix of online and offline strategies. So for small business owners, what does that look like? Sure. Well, I think it is essential to build a hybrid of online and offline strategies to protect yourself from algorithm changes, platform changes, mm-hmm. um, you know, email lists getting shut down. I mean, any number of crazy things can happen in the online world at any given time. And of course, we all want to hope and pray that that's not going to happen. But we all know that crazy things happen every single day, you know, and, you know, things are changing so fast that who knows five years from now, which of the things you're using today to build your business are even still going to be in existence. Yeah, that's, right. that's something really important to know and understand in, in when you're thinking about the longevity of, of building a business that's going to be a legacy business, you know, that's going to support you for a lifetime and then, you know, ultimately, you know, impact generation. So, you know, when you're thinking about a small business, you're thinking about the offline world, what you want to think about is traditional sales. And you want to think about how every billion dollar corporation that is in existence, you know, up until about five years ago, um, was built. And that's what the traditional Salesforce that goes out and makes phone calls and has meetings and meets with people and makes an offer and gets people to sign a contract and boom, you know, they get started working together. Hmm. So whether you're going to use drop by campaigns where you deliver goodies to local businesses in your town that you'd like to work with, that you want to translate your business to consumer product or service into a business to business product or service, or whether you want to use a mailable campaign, you want to do phone calls and emails, you want to utilize, you know, different resources that way. I'm just a big 
big fan of making sure that you have a mix of business. You know, I, I think it's important to have both the small little guys, but also some, some big ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's also important that, you know, every now and then that you have something locally where you're meeting face to face, you're getting out in the community, you're making an impact that way. And there's so many other products and services and programs that can be sold for thousands of dollars more than what you're selling online, offline, that you can do in a powerful in-person session that are not possible in the online world. So, you know, there's pros and cons to both. And, you know, 90 90 plus percent of my business is online, but we will always, always, always have that division of offline where we have bigger companies that we work with, that I do trainings and speakings and, you know, workshops with, because it's just important to maintain those multiple streams of income and and to really hedge against um, some of those risks factors that there are in doing business online. Yeah, I mean, there it is, right? We talked about that earlier, which was how do you minimize the risk? That's it, right? Having that mix, sort of having a, a, a portfolio that that protects you from, from changes because we see it happen all the time. That's really excellent, Kelly. I appreciate that. Well, great. Uh, it's been such a pleasure to have you here to share your perspective. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, if folks want to find you on the web or even work with you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, definitely. Well, the best place to find me is on Unstoppable Success Radio, which is on Stitcher and iTunes and all the other good podcast platforms. So if you're looking to accelerate growth in your business or even just to get started and you really want an education and tools and strategies, things that you can put into use right away, it's a great place to get started. So Unstoppable Success Radio. And then my home on the web is kellyroachcoaching.com. Go on the homepage. There's like nine different free resources. (laughs) You can download videos, audios, PDFs, you name it, things that are going to help you with productivity, business growth, uh, strategy, you know, and everything in between. So that's a great place to, you know, go download one of those free things that are waiting for you. Okay, great. And for everyone out there, I left links in the show notes so that it's very easy to connect with Kelly. Uh, listen to her podcast, see her blog. She's got lots of great stuff. Kelly, I really, really appreciate you being here with me today and with my listeners. Uh, just great to have you on and great to get your perspective. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here again. I really appreciate you and we'll see you on the next episode.